Well, good morning, FEC family, and to everyone else who is joining in with us today. Happy Mother's Day to you moms. We love and appreciate you, and we want you to know that, especially today, and we want to begin today by praying for you. So let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for these precious ladies. And Father, I pray for anyone who is watching today, uh, for, the, for the mothers, we, we pray that you would encourage them and refresh them by the power of your spirit and they, that they would feel a love by us and love by you. Lord, we pray that you would take your word today and that you would minister to all of us. Lord, we need you in these days. We need your strength. We need your mighty power. Speak to us now by your spirit, through your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. We are in the midst of a series on the Sermon on the Mount called A New Way of Life. And today we're talking about taking the road to life. Jesus is talking about making the right choices. And so we're going to look today at Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to look at just three verses of Scripture today, chapter, uh, verses 12 through 14 of Matthew 7. So turn there in your copy of God's Word or click on your tablet, whatever you're using for your, your Bible, and follow along. Jesus says, Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life, and few find it. One of the things I have so enjoyed doing this spring and these crazy times is getting outside and getting exercise. It's just so restoring to get out in nature and take a walk with someone or go, go running. I like to run on trails and I, the woods just kind of restores me. And just this past week, I ran a new trail and it was absolutely beautiful. But there were a few times when I had to stop along the way because there were some trails that split off from the main trail and so I had to stop and read the signs to know which way to go. That's kind of what the image that Jesus is giving here. Uh, you can picture here two roads, two, two paths diverging and it's about the choice that we make and, and so Jesus is giving us signs here to guide us in taking the right road, the road to, to life. So what do we see here in these three verses? Well, first of all, in verse 12, Jesus tells us about the rule that simplifies. The rule that, that simplifies. He says in verse 12, therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. So this is what is often called the golden rule. The rule that, that Jesus gives us that governs the way that we treat other people. Now it's interesting, in the verses that we looked at last week, in verses 7 through 11, Jesus is talking about prayer. And so that's our vertical relationship with God. But now, immediately following that in verse 12, Jesus talks about our horizontal relationships with other people. And that's no accident. 
Those two things cannot be separated. Sometimes we think that we can separate our relationship with God and that's kind of in one category. And then the way that we treat other people, that's something totally different altogether. But no, the Bible fuses these two things. In fact, uh, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 20, if anyone says, I love God and yet hates his brother or sister, he's a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So in other words, if, if someone claims to love God, uh, but they treat other people like the devil, then they don't really love God <laughs> because God is love. Again, in, in 1 John chapter 4 and verses 7 and 8, the Bible says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. I love what Michael Reeves writes in his wonderful book, Delighting in the Trinity, which I, I commend to you. But Michael Reeves says this, have you ever known someone so magnetically kind and gracious, so warm and generous of spirit that just a little time spent with them affects how you think, feel, and behave? Someone whose very presence makes you better? I know people like that. And they seem to be little pictures of how God is, according to John. This God, he says, is love in such a profound way that you simply cannot know him without yourself becoming loving. I want you to see a couple of more things about the golden rule. First of all, notice how it simplifies things. <laughs> I mean, you don't need a hundred rules to tell you how to treat other people. You just need one. <laughs> Jesus says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, in any and every situation, what do we think? What questions should we ask? We should ask, how would I want to be treated in this situation? How would I desire to be treated in this situation? And then treat other people the way we would desire to be treated, right? So it's a rule that simplifies. Notice also here that Jesus states it positively. In many other religions, there's something like this, but it's usually stated negatively. Don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. But Jesus states it positively. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. See, and, and that, that, that's so that we, we, we can't just kind of avoid people. If you state it negatively, then you can just kind of avoid people altogether and you could say, well, you know, I'm not doing bad things to others. But see, listen, Jesus states it positively. It's not just a matter of not doing bad things to people, things that you wouldn't want done to you. It's also a matter of positively loving people. And so if we follow Christ in this, it means that we've got to engage with people. He calls us out to positively love people, not just to avoid doing bad things to them, but to do acts of love and kindness. And in each and every situation, asking ourselves, how would I desire to be treated in this situation, right? So there's a rule here that simplifies. Second, Jesus gives us the way to go, <laughs> the way to go. The great New England poet Robert Frost 
once, uh, once wrote in, in his poem, The Road Not Taken. He said, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Well, Jesus here is telling us to take that road that is less traveled by, and what he's going to do is give us four images, four graphic images that are like signs that tell us which way to go. Jesus here is going to talk about two gates, and then he's going to talk about two roads, and then he's going to talk about two crowds, and then he's going to talk about two destinations. First of all, Jesus talks about two gates, a wide gate and a narrow gate. First of all, the wide gate. In the ancient world, cities had gates, multiple gates to get into. I've been to the city of Jerusalem numerous times, and the city of Jerusalem has wide gates and narrow gates. It has wide gates like the Lion's Gate and the Damascus Gate where you can drive vehicles through. But then there are, there are smaller gates as well. A lot of times in our culture today, when we think about gates, a lot of times we're thinking about an airport. <laughs> Remember the days when people used to get on airplanes? <laughs> Hopefully those days will be here again soon and we'll be in church again soon as, as well. But a lot of times when we think about going to the gate, we're thinking about going to the gate in an, in an airport. Now in this kind of a gate, there is no security. You say, wow, hey, that'd be great. I'd get to breeze on through that. No long lines. I wouldn't have to take my shoes off and take my computer out of my bag and, and worry about liquids and all that. Hey, no, no security. Anything goes. Well, wouldn't that be great? Well, no, it wouldn't be great. It wouldn't be great. It would be incredibly dangerous. Now, we can think back to 9-11 and, and how haunting those those security camera images are of those 19 hijackers just strolling right on through to the gate with box cutters in their carry-on bags. We don't ever want to go back to those days again when, with gates with no security. Another thing about uh, this particular gate, the wide gate, is that you bring all your baggage you just bring all, all your junk, you know, all your, all, all your baggage, you know, you, no change of life whatsoever, just kind of no repentance, just kind of bring your sin with you, no life change. That's, that's, not, that's not the gate that we want to be at. Now, Jesus says to, to know the way to life, you've got you've to you've go through the, the narrow gate. Now, in our culture, People don't like that word narrow. And when it comes to religion, a lot of people would say, oh, you mean to tell me there's only one way, there's only one gate that we can walk through to be saved? Well, I want you to listen to the words of John chapter 10 and verse nine. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Now who said that? Jesus said that. Jesus says, I am the gate, not a gate. Jesus says, I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Why is Jesus the only gate? Because Jesus is the only savior. No one else died for your sins. 
No one else rose from the dead and defeated death for all who will turn to him and trust him. Only Jesus did that. And so Jesus is the gate. But you know what? Jesus also says, whosoever will, let them come. This is not a club that only a group of elite people get to join. No, everybody is invited. Jesus says, whosoever will, let them come. But there's only one gate, only one gate, and that's Jesus. On U2's classic album, All That You Can't Leave Behind, one of the songs on that album, uh, which by the way, the, 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 uh, the camera work, the photography from the cover of the album is taken inside of an airport. So it's kind of the theme of it. But on one of the songs, Walk On, there's a great line in that song. You're packing a suitcase to a place none of us has been, a place that has to be believed to be seen. You know, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says that no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor is the heart of man imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Oh, listen, our eternity with Christ is going to be beyond what we can even ask or imagine, right? But we've got to go through Christ. He is the gate that we enter through. So two gates. Second, Jesus talks about two roads, broad and difficult. Jesus here uh, talks about the, the, the broad road. Now listen, this road is just super, super wide, but it's a funny thing. No matter how wide it is, it is still loaded with traffic. There are so many people on this broad road. And uh, oh, by the way, there are no rules on this road. It's Anything goes, no rules. Oh man, wow, uh, no rules on the road? Hey, that'd be kind of cool. Well, you try getting on a super crowded road with no rules. <laughs> I've been on one. Some years ago, I went to Bangladesh and before I left on that trip, someone who has really traveled all over the world told me, Thurman, you have, you have never been on roads like you're getting ready to be on. They are the worst anywhere in the road. I'm like, well, you know, how, how bad can they be? Well, I found out how bad they can be. Imagine cars just blazing by and thousands and thousands of people on foot on both sides of the road. And then imagine just rickshaws that are just weaving kind of in and out all over the place, on the road, beside the road. And then imagine just these massive buses just loaded down with people, huge buses, and they just own the road. <laughs> and they're barreling down the road and they're in your lane. And they're coming right at your face and they don't care because they know you're in a car and you're smaller than them and that you'll be afraid they'll, you'll get run over and you'll get out of the way. And so you have to veer off the road where all the pedestrians are. And so you're, you're terrified both of getting run over and running over someone else. It was, it was absolutely horrifying. You don't wanna be on a super crowded road with no rules, but that is the exact road that most people in our culture are on and it doesn't lead to good places as we're going to talk about there's another way Jesus here talks about a road that's difficult but but leads to life 
He talks about a difficult road. When these words were written in the first century, Christians were being persecuted. Christians were a tiny persecuted minority and life was hard for them. Life was difficult for them. But they knew that their sufferings were temporary and they knew that they were on the road to everlasting life. And so they had a, they had a joy <laughs> that could not be quenched. There are many Christians around the world today that are experiencing those kinds of difficulties as well. We need to always keep the persecuted church in our prayers. But you know, even here, following Jesus is not always gonna be difficult, it's not always gonna be easy. It's not. They're going to be hard, hard times. But this is the road that leads to, to life. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Again, he uses the definite article. He doesn't say I am a way. <laughs> Jesus says I am the way, the truth, the life. And then he underscores it. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why is this the Son the only way to the Father? Because again, he's the only Savior. No one else has done for you what Jesus has done. No one else went to the cross on your behalf and, and bore your sins in his own body on that cross. No one else has conquered death and, and rose from the dead. And he now reigns as, as king. He lives and he can be your king. Turn to him, trust him today. That, that, that gate, that door is, is open. Walk through it and come through Jesus. And so two gates, two roads, and then Jesus talks about two crowds of people, the many and the few. He talks about the many. Some years ago, Melissa and I were in Chicago for the first time, and it was a beautiful summer day, and we were on Michigan Avenue, the magnificent mile, and we came up to kind of a crest of a hill, and we could look down the street. I'll tell you, it was, it was a, just a, a, a sea of, of, of people. Jesus here talks about the, the, the many, and then he, he talks about the few. There are much fewer people on the Jesus road. Now, there's still a, a lot of us on this road. We're going to be with a lot of brothers and sisters in eternity forever. In Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, John says, After this I looked, and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. So uh, we're not going to be lonely in heaven. <laughs> there's going to be there's going to be multitudes of others who are going to be with us for for all eternity, but not as many, unfortunately, as there will be in hell. And that leads us to the fourth image that Jesus gives us here: two destinations, destruction and life. You know the most famous verse in the New Testament. It's probably John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. It's great news. But you think about the, the implication of that. Whosoever, will, whosoever believes will not perish. That means those who do not believe, those who reject Christ, 
will perish. And we need to understand that. And to perish doesn't mean to, to die physically. We're all going to die physically unless Christ comes before our, our physical death. But what we need to fear is not, uh, is not dying physically for the Christian. That's going to be really the beginning of life. What we need to, what, what we need to fear, if we don't know Christ, uh, we need to fear perishing eternally. Because the Bible says that if we die without Christ, that's what's going to happen. We're going to be separated from God forever in hell. Now that does not need to be your destination. Not at all. No. A very next verse after John 3.16, Jesus says in John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ today? You can be. You can take the road to life. Jesus said, I came that they might, might have life and have it to the full. That, that road is open. That door is wide open. It's because Jesus stretched out his arms and wide and died on the cross and rose from the dead so that it could be open for you. Take the road to life. Turn to Jesus. Trust him today. Receive him into your life as your Savior and Lord and King. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, how we thank you for your great love. We pray that you would make us more loving people, that we would treat other people with love as you teach us in the golden rule. And we pray that, that, that we would take the road to life. Father, I pray for anyone here watching this video that is not yet on the Jesus road. Father, I pray that you would open the eyes of their heart right now and that your spirit would open their heart to turn to you and to trust you and to get on the road to life. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day.